ladies and gentlemen, it seems we have a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, it's Thursday. That means it's time again for the awesome TopSpeed.com podcast. TopSpeed.com is your internet home for all the crazy, cool, and amazing things that are automotive-based. If it has motor and wheels, we love to talk about it. We want to tell you about it, too. So please come to TopSpeed.com and check out all of our awesomeness. Do it now, buddy. Do it now. Yes. (laughs) Welcome, everyone. I am Christian Moe, and as you can tell by the angry bearded voice on the other side of the screen, we are joined by Mr. Mark McNabb. Mark, how are you? That is right. I'm here with my beard and my glasses. <laughs> and your glasses. And uh, we are also joined by our editor-in-chief, Justin Coupler. Hello, Justin. Hello. I'm doing just fine. Missing my hat. So, yes, I did you a favor, Christian. You'll have to deal with the Steeler hat today. You know, if you just wear a Packers hat like you should, it wouldn't be a problem. Packers? Anyway, hey, you know what? <laughs> Old Brett Favre fan here. It's the winningest team. <laughs> It's title town for a reason, buddy. Anyways, we're gonna move on before this goes too crazy and it becomes the terrible sports <laughs> podcast. Um, welcome once again. This is the TopSpeed.com podcast. Uh, don't forget, if you're interested in listening to us and you don't like coming to the website for some silly, silly reason, you can find us on Video iTunes. Recordings. Yeah, go to the website. No, we're not gonna be mean to people. But <laughs> if they don't have time in the day to chase down this podcast, they can just go to iTunes and hit the little subscribe button. It'll come straight to their phone or their iPad or their whatever on the weekly basis as soon as they come out. Uh, we post these on Thursdays. Usually they hit iTunes about Thursday evening, Friday. So uh, you can get those automatically. There's also a cool little one through five star rating feature there. We'd love it if you guys clicked on that and gave us a little rating. Uh, five star is what we think we deserve, but please give us an honest rating. And there's also a little comment box down there. You can leave us a written review if you want to tell us just how awesome we are. Um, otherwise, we're here, and we're going to get this thing started, and we're going to jump into it, like always, with our weekly wheels. And uh, we're going to start with Justin, because I think he's got the less interesting car. <laughs> oh, gee, thanks. Well, well then. <laughs> now, I had the, uh, the 2014 Acura MDX. Um, despite some of my complaints about Acura, I actually really like this model. Um, it's got plenty of room on the inside, three rows of seating. Uh, it had the DVD player in the back seat, so my son was nice and entertained. Okay, so that's the really big one. Yeah, this is the this is the big big. Uh, the RDX is like the smaller next size. Next size down. Yeah, okay. RDX is next size down. Um, it had plenty of pickup. You know, it wasn't overly powerful. 290 horsepower from that same old 3.5 liter V6 that's in about every Honda Acura model I know of, except your little compacts. Uh, the SH all-wheel drive was probably the coolest function in this car, uh, the SUV. Um, on the in center of the uh, instrument cluster, you actually had a little display that told you what wheel is getting more torque. Uh, so it wow. actually tell you the, the torque split between each wheel. is really neat. Um, and as you run around corners, the outside wheel will get a little bit more torque than the inside wheel if need be, or vice versa. Um, the cabin was really well loaded. This one came with about every option, I think. It was somewhere around uh, a little over 42000 bucks, if I remember correctly. Um, so it had every option you could put on the inside. Like I said, the DVD player. Uh, plenty of room to carry stuff. Rode pretty nicely and handled well for a top-heavy SUV, so it wasn't too awful bad. Uh, the only thing I didn't really care for, um, it's kind of like a love-hate relationship, is the headlight setup. In the daytime, it looked kind of goofy because it has those five big LED projector lights all in a row. But at nighttime, it looked really cool. 
So it's kind of like a love hate. In daytime, it looked like they had looked like a spider staring at you, but at nighttime, it looked really neat. So take it. Take Did a you say forty-five thousand uh, dollars? According to my note, I have on the article forty-two thousand two ninety. I could have put the wrong forty-two thousand two hundred ninety dollars. I think so. And, Let me double check. So three rows, V six, mm-hmm. all wheel drive, and a DVD player. No, I'm sorry. Wait, that's the base model. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. I looked at the wrong note. Sorry about that. Uh, yeah, the one I had was fifty-six thousand dollars. Okay. <laughs> I was about to say. I'm like, holy crap! That thing is that, ten grand cheaper than the Acadia Denali that I was brought last year. That's yeah. why I was kind of like forty. Suddenly I was like, this is the greatest car ever. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kind of paused. I'm like forty-two thousand, but that doesn't quite sound right. But yeah, yeah. I scrolled down here. Yeah, it's uh, actually yeah. fifty-six thousand for the one that I got. But yeah, it's a really cool car, really cool SUV. A little over seven seconds to sixty miles an hour. It's not a speed demon, uh, but it does well merging on the highway. Uh, rides really nice. It's super, super quiet. In the third row, unlike the Outlander that I had, you don't have to fold yourself into a pretzel to get into it. Uh, the back seat folds forward so you can get back there nice and easily, and when you lay those seats down, you have all kinds of storage space. So overall, I was really satisfied, but yes, it is very, very expensive. Almost, you know, you sneak up on 60 grand for this thing, so it's very expensive for a rebadged yeah, top. But that's that's more what I expected, because like I said, I had like an Acadia Denali, and that was like 53.8 or something, and I had the Buick Enclave, and the Enclave didn't have a DVD, and that one was like 55 or 56. Wow. Yeah, um, yeah. I thought something sounded a little strange when I said it. Yeah, was so I was like 40 too. I was like, holy crap! I know <laughs> families that need to buy this thing. Yeah, really. <laughs> but yeah, you, you have something that can be with like the X5 and the QX60. Sure, it's not going to be the driver the BMW is, but you have a little bit lower price for more options. So. And I've heard really good things about that uh, the all-wheel drive system from Honda too, or from Acura, and they've they've done a really good job at uh, making those kind of handle really well in the corners on the dry. Um, so, I mean, what was your experience with that? I mean, did you kind of flog it a little bit? Yeah, flogged on a little bit. Um, the big, the biggest thing I noticed is acceleration. The way it distributes torque when you really mash on it from the get-go really lets you just take off. You don't get any tire squeal. Around the corners, yeah, you get a little bit of torque going to whichever wheel inner or outer that you need, depending on how the uh, how the vehicle is responding to the turn. So it does go back and forth. Handling's good, but the problem is with this being an SUV, you can't push it hard enough to really, really get a good feel for the SH all-wheel drive. You got to yeah. get something like the. Uh, the TLX, or I'm sorry, the TL that has the, uh, the SH all-wheel drive to really get a feel for how it is. Yeah. For SUV, what, it was okay. What's the torque split on that, do you know? It's uh, 267, if I remember correctly. No, yeah, 267. Uh, I, 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 I think it's 60-40 oh, front rear. Uh, you is know, the base split, I'm not too sure what the base split is. Um, cause actually I that think that system can actually distribute almost 100% power front or rear. So Yeah, if I remember correctly, when That's I really cool. hammer on it, it went 100% front or 100% rear. So, yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. That's cool. Right, yeah, because it'll go front to help with the fuel economy. It'll basically disconnect the rear end of the car. Um, yeah. But that's actually really cool that you brought that up, Mark, because a lot of people don't give Honda an accurate credit for this, but that super handling all-wheel drive system is actually extremely similar to what you get in the GTR or, like, yeah. the McLaren 12C. I mean, yeah. it's a super, super impressive system. The problem is Honda and Acura just haven't really been producing cars that could really, really put that sort of system to use. And that's the think? thing. Like, everyone I've, every, everything I've ever written about the... Uh the all-wheel drive from them, it's its all been positive stuff. Everything I hear is just really positive. Um, but, you know, most of their 
most of their cars aren't really like the the GTR esque type things that right. you would think would be, you know, needing something like this. I now mean, for all weather, yeah, it's fine. Well, I'm not sure if it would handle the power of it, but like seriously, they could take and put that system inside of like a bigger Civic, like like a stretch Civic, or in like in a in a fit with you know like a 290 horsepower like in in inline four or putting something bigger but they could basically use that system to make like a rally car like a evo wrx competitor kind of that, that advanced yeah. and that, that would be cool that would be really cool i mean could you imagine a civic with all-wheel drive i well, don't like made them I, before well i know man. all my wagon man yeah, homies what what in a big massive wagon <laughs> <laughs> and that yeah, would be, it would be awesome. I can't the big version of the WRX. That would be pretty sweet. Hey, I mean, yeah, honestly, I have I have no complaints about that all-wheel drive system. Um, and I think it can handle more power. Uh, I know they put it in the uh, the TL, and I think that goes up to 333 horsepower, if I remember correctly. I'm trying to look up the specs now. That sounds about right. Yeah. Well, yeah. and I know a part of it is similar to the system they're going to try and be putting in the new RLX and in the new NSX if it ever actually comes, but. Yeah, yeah, if if ever. Yeah. No, yeah. I just, <laughs> that's been coming for what the last twenty-seven years or something. I know. Yeah, this, they've, the they've never gotten, back off assembly. They've never gotten this far along with it, though. They've gotten just a little, you know, a little tease here and there. But this is about the farthest they've come with the the NSX actually building a car and putting on a racetrack and and so forth. So I think that's a that's a, a certainty. It's coming now. I guess yeah. so. That's true. Anyways, we're gonna move on. Um, so I'm I'm really happy that your boring car turned into a not so boring con- conversation. But uh, let's just talk about a car that's plain not boring, Mark. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man. Um, I I really enjoyed this car. Um, I say that about a lot of cars, but I think this one hey, kind of takes the cake. Mark. Yeah. I want to tell them what you're driving. Oh, that might that might be a good <laughs> idea. <laughs> Just a small small detail there, Mark. No big deal. Though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, it doesn't. It's red. Um, it's got four tires. So it might be a Ferrari. It might be, you know, a Polo. We're not entirely sure. It might, it might be a Fit with all-wheel drive. You just never know. No, I'm. I uh, last week I had the uh, the 2014 Lexus ES or IS 350F Sport, um, and you can check out the review online and, and see all the the neat stuff I got to do with that. Um, yeah, the car is just it's awesome. Uh, V6 power, naturally aspirated. 306 horsepower, 289 pound-feet of torque or whatever. Um, rear-wheel drive, that's the best part. It's, um, yes, save the rear-wheel drives. And I'm so happy it's an import rear-wheel drive. It just it saves the day. Uh, it only has two pedals. I know, but, yeah, it, it's sure it's a, it's a regular old automatic. It's not a dual clutch or anything, but... Uh, the shifts come pretty quick. You put it in manual mode, and those paddles, I mean, they, they'll, they'll get it. The only problem I had with the paddles is they were really small, and with the, the amount of turns that you had you know, from lock to lock, it, it was kind of hard to manage the pedals or the paddles in, the, in a turn. Are they, yeah, are they, are they steering wheel mounted? Yeah, they're wheel mounted. They're not... Uh, God, they're not I hate formed. that. I know, I know. And, and it's, not the, it's almost every car that I've had in the recent memory, they're all... Steering wheel mounted. Right, because it's a little bit it's cheap like, and a little bit easier, but it's the worst idea in the world. I know, so I'm like, I'm upshifting with my left hand at the six o'clock position as I'm <laughs> turning corners, and like, it doesn't make any sense, but it, it still works pretty well. 
Uh, as a whole, the whole car, uh, what I got to do with it, I got to go to uh, Charlotte, North Carolina on a road trip to the NASCAR All-Star Race. Um, and I put about 1,200 miles in the car all told uh, for the whole week. The thing makes a really great highway cruiser. I put it, uh, put the drive mode in eco mode, which kind of, you know, tries to help conserve fuel or whatever. Honestly, it really didn't dog the car too much. Uh, between eco mode and normal, I really couldn't tell the difference. Um, and I couldn't tell the difference. Normal mode is just slightly less eco mode. <laughs> I, I know, right? Well, I couldn't, I couldn't tell the difference in my uh, fuel economy either, you know, but you know, whatever. Well, but if you were mostly on the highway, um, in my general experience with eco modes, they're better in city. All they do is make it to where you have to push the pedal really, really, really far to get any sort of throttle response out of it. Yeah, so that's so that's true. what it does. Yeah. Well, I I don't think I used cruise control, but about ten miles on the whole trip. So, um, you know, most of it was all pedal work. Um, the car itself was is was a really good fit and finish inside. You know, um, it had a very tight uh, driver compartment. Um, the seats were nicely bolstered. Um, unlike my massive complaints about the Lexus ES seats that I had uh, previously, these are really supportive. Uh, they're really nice. I didn't have any complaints. I didn't feel like I needed to sit on a pillow or anything like that, um, <laughs> which the ES, ugh, they won't get into that. But um, and, and the looks. Everyone, everyone's looks, or everyone, I don't know, they think this car is so ugly. And I know you guys probably disagree on my opinion, but I think it looks all right. Um, I, I completely agree with you on that. I think people are crazy when they say it doesn't look good. I think it looks great. You know, the new spindle grill is, yeah, it's a little over the top. It's not like Acura ugly. It's actually a good <laughs> thank you. grill. No, thank it's not you. Acura. God, that shield front edge is terrible. Oh, please, someone just shoot Audi's uh, or uh, Acura's designer on that. It just looks so stupid. Oh. It, looks like, it looks like it ran into like an eagle, and it's like and they used to make such pretty cars. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But now it's yeah. But the no, the spindle grill on the Lexus is not bad. And and for those naysayers, I say looks are subjective and just you know do your own thing. But well, so uh, I'm I'm not a general fan of the spindle grill, but I do have to say, the car it looks the best on is the sportier versions of the IS. Yeah, I mean well, it, part it, of it is it looks all right. Well, I, I guess part of it that bugs me is it looks like it's trying to be so mean and so angry, and when I see it on the back of a 95-foot land yacht that some 70-year-old man is driving to church, I'm like, no, it looks terrible. <laughs> but you've got your car in, like, arrest-me red paint and spoilers and door sills and big rims, and it's like, okay, it kind of fits there. It, it fits the theme. It really does. And I, <clears throat> and there's a lot of, lot of other stuff going on in the car, too. I mean, like, if you look at the pictures on the side, it's got that really cool swoop under the spindle grill, and then it follows the line under the doors, and then it kicks up right at the uh, the tail lights. And it all matches really well, and it just kind of gives this really cool, like, going fast while sitting still look. I mean, even even if it's you know parked in the driveway, it looks like it's going 100, which it does very easily. <laughs> but uh, or so we're told. Yeah, so yeah, according okay. according to the statistics sent to us by Lexus. Yes, the 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 press materials say it will do that, but uh, I wouldn't know. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, the only real complaints I had about the car, um, and I said this in my review online, was interior um, ergonomics. The center console is basically where most of my complaints lie. Everything is so kind of pushed back because of the sloping center console uh, coming off the dash that the gear shift falls perfectly in your hand, and so does the, uh, the little joystick controller mouse thing. But then that's pretty much it. If you need anything else, you have to like 
pick yourself up and like reach behind and get this really weird angle on your elbow. You can't reach a cup. You can't reach into the. Um... You just grow taller inside the seat back. Okay, shut up. You know, I could. I could. Don't make fun of us a height challenge. <laughs> yeah, I'm vertically challenged. Okay, so just please. Well, all three of us. So, I mean... so literally, what I had to do was drive with my right hand and then um, like hold a cup like with my left hand and and get it like this. It was really retarded. I I didn't like that at all. But um, that was that was number one. Number two was the uh, the the driver's side door panel. The armrest is really thin and really far away. So it's like I was snuggled in this great seat. My armrest on my right side felt really good and close and high. And then like this big open chasm between me and the door panel. And I just I wanted to rest my arm there and drive so bad, but I couldn't. And that's not a height issue. That both hands on the wheel. Yes. Ten and two. <laughs> Ten and two. Yes, but I need some more. And then you'll fit better. I need somewhere to put my elbow. Well, but I mean, think about it. It is a Lexus. You're probably supposed to be taller and fatter to be, to be owning one. Well, that's true. But, you know, really, and I said this in my video review, that seat is so snug. I couldn't imagine, you know, those of the the larger stature fitting very nicely in it. Um, I don't know what that's all about. Just yeah. move the door panel closer, figure out something to do with that center console. It looks beautiful, but it just doesn't work. Um, if they could just figure that out, then it would be great. Right. And Lexus would probably tell me, use the use the cup holder in the door. Oh, uh, I hate those cup holders do, in doors. I don't do that. So My plastic <laughs> bottle that holds water goes in the door if I have an actual cup of anything that goes where I can reach it, because this closes and those don't. Yeah, I have, a, I have those, uh, those uh, door mounted cup holders in my car. I think I've used it once, and then I said, oh, I'm never using that again. Yeah, I, I used it for trash the whole time. But, any, you know, I don't want to knock the car. Um, I really did have a good time with it. Uh, the the inf Lexus Inform infotainment system it really did work really well. Um, the voice control not so much. Um, you know I would really have to dictate what I said and sound like a robot in order for it to really understand me. Um, I, oh, I'm not, not now. I, I'm not that country that uh, that <laughs> you know it's like it doesn't understand what I'm trying to say. Hey, take me but, down there that damn road right there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know that. I need to go to the mom's house and then I'm gonna go see mom and get some get some grits in there. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, definitely not Boomhauer. But um, yeah, uh, you what, should what, be Boomhauer. I know I should. I'm from Tennessee. Uh, I got about uh, MPG wise, I got about 25 MPG highway, and I was kind of pushing it. And that was that was mixed. That was in the city, on the highway, driving around, uh, idling. So I I was kind of impressed by that. It's 306 horsepower. It's getting 25 MPG. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, it was a it's a solid car. There's no real. What is it rated though? What do you mean? Like, what does the uh, window sticker say? Well, the yeah. window sticker says 22 combined, 19 city, 28 highway. And okay, I so so you did better than the combined, I, which is I did good. better than the combined. Yeah, if if I got down at 65, set the cruise control, and was going downhill, sure, 28 would be easy. But I I feel good getting better than the combined. I that was all right. But, but the bad thing is it does take premium low so. That seems low to me. What, 22? Yeah. That's an F-Sport. Well, but still, it's just yeah, a V6. It's just yeah, a 300 horsepower V6. I know, I know. But um, I, I don't know. What, what can I say? You know, it's an PA, so take it with a grain of salt. So. Well, okay, so here's my thing about this. Um, what do you think the Mustang is rated at? What the new or the the three the three seven V six out of the yeah. Mustang? 
28 highway. Mm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it's over 30 highway. And it's like 24. Is it? Nine, probably. 31. Oh, okay. I'm good. <laughs> I, I'm impressed. I'm, I'm impressed. And that's 305 horsepower. That gets better fuel economy on Lexus. Regular gas. On regular gas. Than a Lexus. Yeah. This thing has a small tank. It's like 14 gallons, and it took like 60 bucks to fill it up. Mm, that lovely, is. Lovely 93 octane. Oof. It's a press yeah. car. Put 87 in it. <laughs> I no, the don't listen to him because then when it shows up in my driveway, why does this thing run like garbage? Yeah. Well, run like garbage. Well, run like garbage. Why is it knocking? <laughs> yeah, that's not. I'm not gonna do that to anybody. But I, I did break the windshield on it pretty well, though. I saw that <laughs> big rock awesome. chip. <laughs> yeah. So I was I was like three car lengths behind, or three cars behind this big truck. And uh, he was in the other lane, actually, too. And I saw it come up, and it looked like just a, a rocket. And it just hit. Bam. And it sounded like a gunshot. And nothing was wrong with the windshield that I could see at first. But, like, five minutes later, just whoosh, all the way across the windshield, yep. it shot. And I'm like, oh, well, there that goes. Yeah. They're not going to be happy with me. But give yeah. give Lexus a call. Well, it, at least it wasn't your fault. It's not like, hey, I'm upside down in a ditch, by the way. <laughs> I swear, I, it's a rock on a truck that threw me upside down. I yeah. swerved to miss a camel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean a dog. Crap. Uh, anyways, we're going to go ahead and move crap? on a bit. Oh, yeah, we, we've talked way too much about this car. Okay, let's move on. Um, I don't have anything to talk about this week. Uh, I did get a new press car, finally. It's sitting right there in the driveway. Uh, but I just got it, and I haven't had a lot of time in it, so we're going to save that for next week. Uh, but I have a Nissan Juke Nismo. So it's not it's not the Nismo RS. It's the normal Nismo, but it's still cool. You'll hear a lot about it that does, next it week. It does have three pedals, though, right? Yes, it does have three pedals, Man. as all cars should. Yes. Um, but except that's all that news is coming next week, so tune in then, kids. <laughs> same top speed time, same top speed channel. Oh, my God. Hey, I like Batman. You don't... You don't you you the letter in. <laughs> All right. Anyways, let's move on to the news. Uh, we're going to start the news with... Um, Something a, sad and depressing. Yeah, a bit of sad and depressing. Um, so this appears to be just... Spring is F1 death time. So uh, a few weeks ago, we had the anniversary, 20-year anniversary of the passing of Ayrton Senna. Um, and then now we just got news that... Uh, the great Jack Brabham has died at the age of 88. Um, sorry, Sir Jack Brabham. Um, he has been knighted. Um, but if you guys don't know who he is, he's one of the old school, real cool F1 guys. And um, he's one of my favorite drivers for a few reasons, just because there's some great trivia about him. Um, one of the coolest things that a lot of people don't always know or think about, um, Jack is the only F1 racer of, at, at all who ever designed built and then took an F1 car. So like he helped design the car, helped build the car, and then he drove it to a world championship. Wow, okay, that's impressive. Yeah. So so could you imagine anything like that happening today if just Sebastian Vettel was like, hey, I'm gonna go into my garage, design a car, build it, and then I'm gonna win the world championship. Like that <laughs> doesn't happen anymore. Then F1 would write a rule so they can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Your garage has to have twenty thousand square feet in order to compete in F one. <laughs> not 20,000.1 or 20,000.2. 20,000. Yeah, that's what yeah. they would say. But, yeah, that's that's a really cool fact about this guy. 
Yeah, I mean, he's really cool. And, like, he was racing against some of the best at the at at the time. Like, some of the guys he was racing against during his real racing prime were people like uh, Sterling Moss, Phil mm-hmm. Hill. I mean, you know, some of these really big names. So, like, it's just super cool. He's a really interesting guy. Uh, we put up a little piece uh, commemorating him and his life. Um, so... Guys, go ahead and hop on and check and, and, and check that out. Um, it's not a huge piece of news, but uh, I like him. I'm a, I'm, I'm a fan of him and what he's done and just F1 Racing in general, so I wanted to sort of share the news. Um, so condolences to his family and all of his fans. Um, now let's move on to something more fun because that's all sad, bad juju. Um, let's talk about some more Nissan stuff. Whoa, whoa. Uh, hey. We're going to talk about the new Nissan Pulsar. <laughs> uh, Mark, what is the Pulsar and why should I care? You know, the Pulsar is the best car name ever. I, I just like that name. <laughs> no, no, that is a lie. Interceptor. The Jensen Interceptor is the Ooh. best car name ever. <laughs> okay, that's... Yeah, all right, touche, sir. That's pretty good. Uh, know, the Pulsar, I don't know, it kind of looks like the Nissan Versa, but it's better. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not coming to the States. That's not hard. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, walking is better than the Versa, I think. But uh, Depends on how far I had to walk. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, this thing, the reason I'm bringing it up is because, um, well, sadly, it's not coming to the States, but um, Justin and I definitely think that it should, and for a couple of different reasons, uh, namely being, I think we definitely need more competitors to the Focus ST and the Golf GTI. Yeah, they kind of have the market cornered, and and I don't see why Nissan couldn't bring it, and just because they aren't bringing it now doesn't mean they necessarily won't in the future. Um, The Pulsar already has an established name over here under different guys. Um, (laughs) Didn't ever get get the hatchback version. We've got this cool little sports car. I actually own one. It's an 86 Nissan Pulsar uh, NXSE uh, based off the Australian version of the Nissan NX. It's that sounds like the most obscure car I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it is a very strange lineage between them all, but yeah, there was a sports car version of the Pulsar in the U.S. Four-seater, T-tops, all that good stuff. That's um, crazy. Yeah, and it was actually kind of a cult car. It's kind of like one of those cars that people loved, but if you didn't know what it was, you had no idea it ever existed. Um, but I think it. I think the name alone uh, has enough oomph in the U.S. You know, even the people that own the old Pulsar over here would probably still buy one. And a lot of people really want another option to the Golf and the the Focus S. Uh, yeah, the uh, uh, the ST. Um, people just need more options. There's not enough out there for the hatchback uh, market anymore. At least the hot hatchback. Yeah. See, I don't know if I agree with that statement though. How do you not agree with that? Well, because yeah, I, know you're a, I know you're a GTI fan. You want everyone and their grandma. No, so there is the GTI, mm-hmm. right? And there is the Focus ST. Mm-hmm. And there's yeah. also the Fiesta ST. And there's the Juke Nismo and the Juke Nismo RS. And even to a certain extent, just the base Juke is a pretty potent little hot hot hatch with that 1.6 turbo. And there's the Mazda Speed 3. There's still the WRX, which granted they don't have that in a hatch anymore, but that's still... The same sort of, I mean, that's these are all about $25,000, and they're all a blast to drive. Okay, here's a couple issues. Um, first of all, the Juke is not a high hatchback. I hate when people say that. It's a weird crossover. It's not a hatchback. No, it's totally a hatchback. It's not a no, hatchback. No, what happened was someone took a sedan and someone took an SUV and crushed them between two semi-trucks, and then this popped out. 
No, no, yeah, no, no. I can, I, can, I can tell you exactly what happened is Nissan had the smartest marketing engineers ever in the world. Someone said, look, we made this cool, funky-looking hatchback. And someone said, can you give it a three-inch lift? We'll market it as a crossover, and then people will actually buy it because it's not called a hatchback. It has yeah. slight – okay, it's almost the exact same size as my Golf, except for the height. And it's I'm got almost a 1.6-liter turbo engine with, like, 175 horsepower. Right. I mean, it's it's a fun, funky little thing, and the one I've got has got like 182 horsepower. Yeah, but but still, it's it's not a hatchback. It's a, you're not gonna go there and say, well, am I gonna buy the Focus or am I gonna buy the Juke? People don't do that. People don't cross shop the two. Nissan. I know somebody needs... who did. Who you? No. <laughs> uh, one of the people I know that uh, we all brew brew beer with, he was looking at getting a Jetta Sport Wagon for the size for all of his beer stuff. He was also looking at a Focus because he likes Fords, and he ended up buying a Juke instead because he liked how it rode a little bit higher. Hang on a second, Sidejack. You brew beer? Well, I help people brew beer. <laughs> My neighbor brews a whole bunch of it. He's got mm. 60 or 70 gallons sitting over there right now. Uh, uh, distraction. Anywho. Uh, ATF. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I don't know. I really wouldn't call the Juke a hatchback. But still, the Fiesta, yeah, but that's a downsized Focus. So there you go. You have that. Yeah. And then you, you're still back to the two cars, the GTI, Focus. And S2, the Mazda Speed the 3. Fiesta. But the Mazda Speed 3 is not around anymore. But it's not around anymore. This is its last year for now. We don't know if it's ever coming back. It'll, it'll, it'll be back. Well, we don't know. I know. Well, hang on, hang on. Okay, the, this is like the, the conversation from the first podcast when you're like, too much power. Okay. Are you, are you going to really disagree with bringing another cool hot hatch over? Really? No, I'm just saying that I no. can see why Nissan is saying that they don't need it here in our market. Because they've already got lots of other cars to do, and trying to market something that's well, kind of the same size as the Juke and as the Versa, but different than the two of them. Don't forget, think, we also have the Sentra. It's okay, the Versa, the, the Versa, or the Note, the Versa Note, or whatever the hatchback thing is. We just need to wipe that off the face of the planet. Yeah, I agree. So <laughs> replace it with a Pulsar. Pretend like the the Note never happened, mm-hmm. and we'll just move on and be happier. I don't know. Sorry, Nissan, if you're listening. Nissan's got lots of fairly solid small cars, and I can see why they wouldn't be interested in bringing another small car, especially when those just don't sell well for the most part. Like, the Golf sells, like, 30,000 cars a year. They've sold 60 million of these things worldwide since it was announced, and they can only manage to push, like, 30,000 of them here. And that's, like, all of them. So that's the Golf R, the GTI, the TDI, and the base Golf. Like, they're just pushing 30,000 of these things. Wow, that's kind of sad. Right. Yeah, that is There's kinda... just not a big market in the States for these small hatchbacks. Focuses sell fairly well, but not in hatchback form. Fiestas sell really well, but not in hatchback form. The Mazda 3 sells really well, but not in hatchback form. Too shame. Totally yeah. cool car, and I love the idea of having more hot hatches, but I see why Nissan didn't do it. It's well, sad, I mean, but it makes sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it is a straight Euro car. I mean, it's meant for the Japanese and, and European market. I mean, it's probably not even safety rated for the U.S. So, but know. still, putting it's a very, very, it's a very far-fetched idea. Right, but I least. still like the idea of having it here with that little 1.6 I've got in that Juke. Yeah, it'd be cool. Cause that's a sweet ass little engine. Um, let's see what. 
because looking at the article here, it's got it's got three different engine options. It's got the yeah, 2.0, um, uh, yeah, inline four. It's got 115 horsepower. So it's that's got the one, one from the Sentra. Yeah, it's got a well. We're definitely not going to get this 1.5 liter diesel, um, and then the 1.6 turbocharged uh, i4 with uh, 190 horsepower. Okay, yeah. So that's the uh, engine basically out of the Nismo RS. Yeah. Like that would be a sweet little car. Yeah, but see, the Focus ST makes like 220. Or two ten. So let's yes. let's bump it up. You know, throw a turbo. Well, no, the focus. The focus ST makes two thirty. Yeah, no, no, no. Focus, focus ST makes two ninety or two fifty two. Okay, yeah, and then yeah, because it's okay. right up there with the Mazda speed. The Mazda speed is two fifty six, and oh, the I'm Fiesta sorry. is only one hundred ninety. I'm sorry, I quoted the uh, the GTI, which is two ten. Mm. The GTI makes two hundred ten horsepower. Yes, so. the GTI is the most underpowered of the bunch. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think I think they can squeeze some more horsepower. Because what does the what does the Nismo Juke make out of the 1.6? Doesn't it have that? I think that? it's like 198 out of the. Yeah, it's not a huge jump. Wow, that sucks. I thought it was more than that. Yeah. No, no, no. It's 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 the engine size is kind of near the uh, GTI, which and again I'm going to go into this when I talk about it next week. But to me, that's what makes it kind of weird. Is it's I don't know if I'd buy one because I'd either get a Mazda Speed or a Focus and get all kinds more horsepower. Yeah. Or I'd get a Golf and just get a better car. Correction. Yeah. I, Duke Nismo RS is 215. Oh, is it 215? Yeah, 215. Now, that'd be okay. a badass little engine. Well, but that. still, yeah. it's only five more horsepower than a GTI, and it's still 40 less than you get out of the Mazda or the Ford. Yeah, but could you imagine throwing that in that little, uh, little yeah. thing? I mean, that's I mean, pretty cool. It would be sweet. I'm not much of a hot hatch kind of guy, but that's, that's, that's getting up there. You're not much of a hot hatch guy. No. Justin, can we fire oh. him yet? Yep, you're fired. Disconnect him. Ah. Disconnect him. That, that, that's him <laughs> <Ian> right there. <laughs> you you um, don't like hot hatches? I, I, they're awesome. You they're, have okay, okay, okay. handling, they're, and you can carry stuff. To redeem myself, yes, they're cool. But would I ever buy one? Probably not. Well, okay, everyone's entitled to be their own idiot. Yeah, and don't call <laughs> me when funny. you need to haul boxes. Hey, I have an SUV for this, okay? And it's not even a hot one. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Sitting like with a like. Uh, like if you had the SS, like, I would I would dust. forgive all of this garbage. If you had the SS, but you don't. The, so. the second I see one that that's in my price range that I can afford, I'm yeah, it's gonna happen. So there you go, guys. If anyone has one, uh, Mark is looking for Trailblazer SS for the price of about seven bucks. <laughs> I go up to thirty. <laughs> I'll toss it a buck. Cash fair money, fair, baby. Fair money. swap for a, a regular one. Yeah, fair swap. All right. Anyways, we're going to move on to more Nissan stuff. Oh um, if you guys missed it, last weekend was the Z-Days Festival in South Carolina, or North Carolina, one of the Carolinas. And it's a big, huge party for cars with Z-Badges and Nissan stuff in general. And Nissan brought a little present for everybody. Justin, uh, what did yes. you bring us? <clears throat> We now present the 2015 Nissan 370Z Nismo. Uh, they teased this, and it's pretty obvious what it was when they teased it. It wasn't much of a tease because they showed the headlight, and the Nissan 370Z has about the most obvious headlight and nose on the planet. Yep. Um, so when they showed it, it's like, oh, yeah, haha, good. New Nissan Nismo, eh, no big deal. We thought it was just going to be a, just something small, maybe a special edition, nice rims or something. But they actually went above and beyond and did a light, well, not quite light, a pretty significant refresh. Um, it's not a redesign by any stretch, but they put a nice new, I uh, took one of the most boring front ends 
and gave it a, a nice little bit of aggression with little red highlights through the center. They took out yeah. that weird center thing that it had in the middle, that weird little square. Like, I don't know how to explain it. It looks like a robot smiling, I guess. Um, I kind of think it looks like a catfish. That's just me. Ah, uh, yeah, there you go. The catfish. No, robot. it's not gapy enough for a catfish. Maybe it's yeah, like those algae Andrews, that little, little red things are whiskers. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> and they took the... I do agree. It looks, it looks really cool. Yeah, and they I'm took sorry, the... viewers. Apparently, we're just not drinking enough because we're not making any sense. Nah, nah. <laughs> but uh, they took My the back end. is awesome. <laughs> took the back end, did a lot of the same. They kind of refreshed a little bit, gave a bigger exhaust pipe, so red trim around around the top, a nice little uh, nice little diffuser back there. It looks sharp all the way around. Like um, they, they did, did take off that wing, though. Yeah, that's what I was just about to do. They, just about to say they took that wing off and gave it a little more subtle wing. I like it. I'm not a big wing fan. I like I'm not a big wings. wing fan either. But the wing on the old Nismo looked awesome. It looks. Yeah, but that was good. right in your way of vision, though. And this little uh, spoiler that's on there now. You should you should be going fast enough that whatever's behind you doesn't matter. But well, there's this cool little it, thing it, called it, reverse. Yeah, yeah, you know. You know what? Almost every new car has got the backup camera, and the government's trying yeah. to make those mandatedly legal, anyways. But, but for 15, they are. Clearly says, check your surroundings before backing up. Then uh-huh. you have to follow what it says. I know. Okay, okay. I can look at my mirrors and look around. We we like, like to follow. A lot of him comes out dashboard and slaps you. I guess so. <laughs> like there are there are a few cars that I really dig their spoilers on, like. The Honda SI, the Civic SIs, I love that weird pointy, like, bat wing spoiler. And then I loved the really sharp kind of angled, and I liked how it, like, came out and, like, down the body lines a bit on the Nismo Z. Like, I love that. And the little ducktail, like, because this is supposed to be the most extreme, fastest, aggressive version of the 370Z, and they're like, we're going to take our most aggressive version and make it slightly more aggressive except for the really aggressive bit. We're going to turn that down. Sorry. Yeah, but I think it was more along the lines of vision. I think that's what they're more concerned about because you don't get much rearward vision in this car anyways. Yeah, that's so true. They have to tone it down as much as possible. Um, the sad note is that they didn't bump up the horsepower. It has the same uh, uh, same horsepower it had from last year. It's a little more than the base 370Z, I believe. But it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a small bump. Uh, right yeah, it's like 20, 20 horsepower. Yeah, it like 20? yeah, it's 20 horsepower over the base, right? The base is like 330. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 350 oh, horsepower, and it's you know, it's enough to get up and go. So and it's rear-wheel drive. Yeah, rear-wheel drive. And you can buy it with three pedals. Whoa, whoa. Yes, three pedals. I don't. Does this come with three pedals? I don't know. Uh, transmission. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Six-speed manual. Okay. Actually, okay. I think that's one of the big. That's one of the other big pieces. Is this year you can get the Nismo with an automatic, and before you couldn't, I believe. Yeah, it has a seven-speed auto with downshift rev matching. Hmm, me. But I know overall, it's a really sharp look, and they really took that very, very, very boring front end and gave it some life, and it really now looks like a true sports car. Uh, before, it always looked like a sports car from the profile side, but up front, it just lacked that that aggression yeah. that you need out of a sports model. It just didn't look like one. Yeah, yeah it, it, it needed some more oomph. I'm, I'm glad they made it look better. But um, I don't care how good it looks. The best-looking car in the entire world that you can buy today is now being sold by Jag. If you guys to elaborate, please. Yeah, if you guys are are unaware, apparently some guy at some warehouse, I guess, um, way back a hundred years ago, uh, well, not quite a hundred, more like fifty, uh, <laughs> when Jag was building the E-type. 
they had these special aluminum versions that were going to be made for racing called the E-Type Lightweight. And, uh, like, 12 of these things were started to be built. Um, but not all of them got built. And so, I guess Jag just had these, like, great aluminum shells for an old E-Type kind of sitting around. And now they're actually going to be building them. So you could buy a 2015-1965 Jag E-Type Lightweight. So you're talking about a real, honest-to-God Jag E-Type, which is one of the most beautiful shapes in the entire world. In special aluminum, ultra-lightweight, ultra-fast trim, and it's being built brand new. When I I first saw... When I first saw the, the the press release come out, I was like, okay, what what's today's date? It's it's got to be April first, because that was I could have swore it was a joke. I'm like, there's no way they're pulling these things out of storage and they're gonna build them now. Yep, and they're all gonna be built back to original specs, so they're all gonna have that 3.8 liter straight six. They're all gonna be built by hand. Ooh. We were talking real old school craftsmanship. Where's the engine coming from? I have no idea. I'm assuming guys just to break out the old the old plans. So could you imagine building a brand new 1960 whatever 3.8 liter? I mean, I, that's the only thing I, th- I think they have to do really. With and some, so like, it'll Weber be even better than them. the old ones. Oh, wow, that, it'll, it'll, cool. it'll, it'll be built with modern te- techniques and tolerances and things, so they'll make more power. They'll run better. Um, and that may sound expensive for Jag to just build because I think there's only like eight of these or something that no, they have. No, it doesn't matter how much money they spend spend building this. They're gonna make it back like four times when they sell it. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, it because can... um, the word on the street is they're asking 1.7 million per car. Oh, please, that's <laughs> cheap. They really need oh. to up that. That is cheap. I mean, that's... it's huh. if for, if for if I is. had the money, like. I would totally buy this car. Like, if I had a, a couple million dollars to spend on a car and I was like, oh, do I want an Aston Martin 177? Do I want a McLaren P1? Do I want a LaFerrari? And then this showed up, I'd be like, the hell with you kids. I want that thing. I want two of them. <laughs> and I want them in my garage. I want one painted, you know, Jag racing green. And I want one left bare naked, just with the metal. And the I will just sit love. them in my house and I will just stare at them. I wonder how how are they going to get around uh, all of the um, safety stuff nowadays? Are they going to? So here's the fun thing about that. Um, They haven't given us any real. This is how it's going to work. But I guarantee you that because these are old chassis, and I bet you they've all got old assigned numbers and things. Like they're basically just rebuilding old cars. So just like if you rebuild an old car today, you get to follow the standards of the year the car was created. Yeah, I can I can guarantee you that's what's happening. I, I see the loophole. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. You know, it's just like my old truck does not have seatbelts, which terrifies me, but it's <laughs> fine because it was built before the mandated seatbelt law, so if I don't have seatbelts, I don't have to have them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guarantee I, that's what they plan on doing. That makes so sense. So now my question, my question is, um, given they have already assigned chassis number and VIN number, are these going to be titled as 1960-whatever, or are they going to be titled as 2015? Um, i say they're probably... If, to get through the loophole, they'll have to be uh, vinned and registered as the classic cars. They'll yeah, have that's to what be. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's just... Now, now the 3.8-liter engine, here's the other the iffy part. Okay, yeah, they said that, yes, it's going to have a 3.8-liter engine, just like the old one. 
But they didn't actually say that it's going to be the exact same engine. Oh, wait, nope, never mind. I see it here with the exact same specifications. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, they did. Exact yeah. same specs. I, I just I, I grazed over that sentence or glazed over that sentence and didn't see the exact same part. Yep. Okay. That would never be mind. cool, you know. You knew. New supercharged little V6 or whatever. That'd be pretty cool. Uh-huh. Yeah, so um, apparently, yeah, they have six designated chassis numbers laying dormant. So there's six six that they can build. That's uh-huh. all right. That is awesome. Congratulations, Jag. Yeah. <laughs> That's I all mean, I can do. Slow clap. I mean, yeah. God, it's so good. Like, all right. I just can't think of anything better than this. I mean, that's that's a company showing that, hey, this is who we are. This is what we do. We're going to do something unorthodox to this car, and you're going to like it. And I, can't, I take my word out of Mark's book. I can't complain. <laughs> no. We, you know, I think the, the best thing about this is, is really and honestly, it's the timing. Because Jag is really on the come up. Yeah. yeah. They've got the F-Type. They've got the F-Type Coupe. They've got the R coming out. I mean, like, they're really doing good things. they got the Art of Villainy commercials. They're really, like, they're coming back in the spotlight. And what better way to kind of reignite that whole enthusiast aspect of it than with six brand-new 1960-whatever Jaggy types. That's right. Well, cool. and, I mean, as much as that 1.7 million price tag sounds incredibly eye- eye-watering, um, the closest thing you can get to that car right now is the Eagle Speedster. Right, and that's like a million dollars itself. So you can have a kind of rebuilt, sort of supposed to be like a Jag from some third-party company for a million dollars. Or, and granted, it is a lot more. But once you're already spending a million dollars on this car, 1.7 to get an actual real one from Jag with a classic VIN and a real body from Jag, all lightweight aluminum. Like, it's not a terrible deal. I really, you know, there's, there's, they're selling for 1.7, but no, they're gonna go to auction and they're gonna fetch three or four or five million. That's, that's what's gonna happen. <sighs> Probably. All right, you know, we need to get moving on. I've spent too much time with my jag lust. Um, let's talk well, about uh, more lusty, powerful things. I was gonna say we'll just move the lust to something else. And uh, yes. how about the Hellcat? How cool is this? The finally oh. official Hellcat. Yes. Oh, I'm so happy they brought it out. Yeah, we've been screaming and yelling that it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, and spy shots and videos and audio and this and that and the other thing, and finally, it's here. And it's over 600 horsepower. They haven't confirmed yet, but it's going to be... Oh, I hate that. Over 600. And you know it's tested. You know they know what the power output is. But oh, it hasn't of course been they do. S- yeah, but it hasn't been SAE certified probably yet. So they have to wait until the SAE comes in. And I guarantee you it's all it. about fuel economy numbers. Uh, yeah. Please. There, well, well, because I guarantee you they're trying to hit at least a certain number. Like it has to get at least twenty-five, and so mm. they've got this thing tuned to like six hundred and seventy horsepower, and they're gonna do the tests. And when it comes out to be twenty-four and a half, they're gonna turn that six seventy down to six fifty. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, we got twenty four point nine, and we're gonna turn that six fifty down to six thirty five. They're gonna go, yeah, we got twenty four point one. That's what they're gonna do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all know it's not gonna hit the six eighty. We know that, and there've been rumors about six eighty, but you'd be crazy to think it's gonna hit that number because then you're you're cannibalizing the Viper, a car that's already not selling well. I think I think it's gonna take, happen. And then you're gonna take your best looking muscle car and make it beat the Viper. That's just not gonna happen. Well, the real problem with that also is once you start selling a car with nearly 700 horsepower, suddenly you're not dealing with a Challenger anymore. Um, you're dealing with four wheels of carnage and, and destruction, but you're also inviting comparisons to cars like Ferraris. 
Yeah. And that is something Chrysler cannot stand up to in any way. I mean, if you're talking about almost the same level of power as a freaking F12 Ferrari... Well, okay, look, horsepower is horsepower, but it's it, it depends on what car it is. I don't really think anyone's going to be like, oh, my Challenger can beat your F1 on a road course. But that's no. one problem. That's one problem a lot of people have is they all they see is that horsepower number and they automatically get attracted to that and say, oh, well, I have to compare this to that car. It has the same horsepower. Yeah, well, that's <laughs> I just think Chrysler wants to avoid any comparisons like like that. I personally just think they're trying to avoid cresting the or even matching the Viper. I think that's all yeah. they care about. Well, what's the what's the Viper listed at? Six, Viper six forty or six eighty. Can't remember. It's, I think it's lower. It's not six eighty. I think it's like six forty or six. Yeah, I think it's yeah. I think it's six forty. Okay. Uh, Six forty-five, I think, is what it was. But I mean, I, I, why not? I mean, I, it's a different car. It's marketed to different people. Why not have the same horsepower as the Viper? Why not? Because you I spent mean, too much money, Mark, or because you spent too much money making the Viper and you haven't made that money back yet. Uh huh. Yeah, they do not want to do anything to slow the Viper down even more. They've already cut production. They've already, you know, probably told all the dealerships to take the addendum off the sticker, the jacked-up price. They probably stripped that from all the dealerships. I mean, they're having big issues, so there's no way they're going to keep it that way by uh, yeah. our, well, our that, and it also that. gives you room to have a super Hellcat. Oh, don't tease. Stop <sighs> teasing it. See, you do this Come kind of on. stuff. Get now we have to wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just got this car, man. Just well, man, every, every, every car, car company does that. Like, Porsche does the 911, and then it does the 911 GTS. And then Ferrari does, like, whatever they have, like the 360, and then there's a 360 Challenge Stradale. Then there was the 430, and the 430 Challenge Stradale. And now we have the so, 458, so and the 458 Challenge Stradale. Yeah, so I, I have to say, Chrysler has done a decent job of avoiding that, especially for having Fiat as a parent company. Chrysler's done a good job of avoiding saying, okay, now here's a little bit better, a little bit better. You know, Fiat does that with its 500 there's like bazillion 500s. But well, I think, they, yeah, I think they understand oh, hey, the American market We didn't bring works. that up earlier. 500 a barth. There's another reason why there's too many hatchbacks. That's, 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 <laughs> that's, that's not a hatchback. That's a go-kart. Well, that's, that's Godzilla food. $4,000 range. <laughs> Godzilla <laughs> food. <laughs> I love that commercial, by the way. <laughs> but anyways... I got in an argument with the guy who owns a Challenger uh, uh, SRT, and he started yelling at me, oh, they're supercharging every car. You, there's no replacement for displacement, blah, 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 blah. And him and I went back and forth and back, where he finally gave up. But, you know, that old argument of there's no replacement for displacement. It's true. It's no, no, <laughs> theirs is no longer valid. In this day and age of electronics and twin scroll turbochargers and and low resistance superchargers, it, it, it's just not. It's no longer valid. That point is out the window. You now have you know four cylinders to push out more power than my 1986 IROC did. Well, right, but I'm so this is a conversation I'm going to stop now because we seriously don't need to get into it. Because um, <laughs> we could spend hours on this, but but there are certain things that say. Like having a larger displacement motor gives you a different kind of power band and a different kind yeah. of feel than supercharging or turbocharging and things like that do, and that's completely different. But let's let's just stick to there's a Challenger with 600 plus horsepower. What are Chevy and Ford going to do about this? Uh, well, and Chevy do we have a top speed yet. No, there's <laughs> okay, no. Okay, well, honestly, honestly, you know, Ford is really the only company that's kind of on hold at this, or kind of on notice at this point, because they don't make the the GT500 anymore. Mm -hmm. So what are they going to do about the new 2015 Mustang? We're probably going to have to wait at least a year or two to get that edition. 
Uh, now, of course, Camaro has the ZL1, making 556 horsepower. Um, could they do a ZL1 sport package or something like that? ZL1 SS RSTS RTS. Supercharged S. Yeah, something like that. The SS ZL1, sure. SS ZL1 SS. Just put some more stickers on it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, that 6.2 liter V8, I mean, that's a small block Chevy. That, that, that could handle way more than the 556 horsepower. So, surely, I mean, they yeah, could do, they could do some... 640 horsepower in oh, the yeah, Corvette. Yeah. yeah, so whatever they, you know, whatever they call it, they can do a higher performance or higher power of the ZL1. Um, you know, I don't think that's going to matter anything to the Z28, but, you know... Sure, there's there's always more room for power. And yeah, I think, to keep in mind, we have to keep in mind we're we're coming up on a new generation for Camaro. I think it's 2016 is when we're yeah. supposed to get it. So yeah, they're gonna let Challenger have its day in the sunshine here for yeah. a year until 2016 comes around, and then uh, Camaro's gonna say, you know what, screw you. Here's, you know, 650 horsepower. Yeah, because well, when that's when, why I asked about the top speed though, because even though the GT500 is technically not being made any anymore now that we're moving into 2015 with the new Mustang. Ford still has that feather in its cap that says we made a 200 mile an hour Mustang. Uh, yeah, there's no top speed yet, but I would venture to say this it has to hit 200. I mean, yeah. I don't see now, why it wouldn't. They do have a video out on the the Hellcat Challenger, and uh, they did you know kind of hype up the amount of time that they spent uh, in the in the wind tunnel. So. Mm-hmm. Maybe they are. Maybe maybe they, maybe it's got grill shutters and lower front suspension whenever you go over 180 and all this sort of fancy stuff. You know, maybe so it's maybe like the anti-muscle car, muscle car. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe they're shooting for it. I don't know. Hey, maybe. it does have a speedometer that hits 200, so that's promising at least. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> um, we got one more big bit of news. Uh, we're going to talk about Mark and his IS350 again. Uh, Mark went to see NASCAR race. Woo! NASCAR! NASCAR! <laughs> go left! Go left! Go left! <laughs> oh, my God, they went right this time. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's, that's when they crash. <laughs> the, the, yeah, well, the, no, there was a, there was a couple, uh, couple people going right. Uh, yeah, what there happened, Jimmy Johnson? How would you wreck? Well, I went right. <laughs> yeah, something like, there. <laughs> something like that. My GPS turned said turn turn right. <laughs> okay, come on. Man. We're already we're already long on time. Let's. I'm uh, sorry, NASCAR fans, who I just disappointed. Um, well, no, I, you know, I, I'm I a redneck. Christian and I are both rednecks, so it's it's fun. Um, and, you know, I had a good time. Um, I got to go to the pits. Got to see the uh, qualifying from pit lane. Dude, I'm so jealous I, about that, too. I have to tell you, man. You know, I've been to a NASCAR event before, but but being in the pits for qualifying and just hearing those those just un, unbridled 5.8-liter V8s, it's like a 350, V8 open pipe, just roar. Yeah, just roar. Oh. It is. It shakes your chest, your teeth rattle, and it just it just goes. It's so it's so awesome to watch, um, especially when they do like first gear burnouts because first gear is so so low on those cars they can just you know light the tires really quickly. Yeah. Um, How low is your gearing? Well, we got five gears. I start in fourth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're they're four speed uh, four speed transmissions, and uh, you know every everyone we talked to said yeah we'd normally start in second because first is. A little too, uh, little too much. 
So I don't know, but uh, they're hitting 200 miles an hour around this track easily, um, 180 around the corners and stuff like that. Uh, this was the all-star race, so it wasn't the full, like, 42-car pack or whatever. It was, like, 21. Um, and these were the guys who uh, basically had either won a race that year or had been voted in by the fans. And so it was, um, you know, it was kind of like the, you know, who's who of the NASCAR event for the year. So it was, it was cool to see all the drivers together. I was kind of disappointed that, you know, some of the drivers didn't make the cut, like, Everyone always talks about Danica Patrick. I, you know, I don't really follow it that much, but I know she's a good driver. She almost won the 500 last year and stuff like that. But uh, apparently, she didn't make it. Um, but I mean, it was a really, it was an awesome event. And then I got to do the NASCAR all or NASCAR Hall of Fame, which was I really enjoyed that. It was, um, you know, just a good history lesson. We got to do. They had these uh, NASCAR like mock-up cars with uh, big screen TVs in the windshield, and we could, uh, it was like a video game, and we got oh, to so race like each a, other. Uh, simulator setup. Yeah, it was, it was a simulator setup, and they had about five or six of them. And oh, that's they could, cool. They could carry about, uh, I don't know, about 20 people at a time, and they would play like a three-lap race, and uh, you could see your score up on the, the big projection uh, once you got outside the car, and like it was a big, you know, competitive thing. It was really neat, so. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean. You started it, posting those pictures on Twitter. I got super jealous. Yeah, well. <laughs> Be jealous. I'm not a big NASCAR fan, but I've always wanted to go to one of their live events because I always hear that they're, you know, seeing it on TV to me is boring, but I always hear that yeah. the live events are awesome. It's like going to a so, concert almost. No, it, it is. Um, to be there, to see the things, to see the, I mean, we got to tour these the massive trucks they haul them in, and like they open up a cabinet, and then literally from top to bottom is nothing but shock absorbers. And they're fifteen hundred dollars a piece, and they're like, we built these right over here on this tool bench. We're using our, you know, um, CNC titanium parts and like laser guided. Just oh. everything is absolutely top notch. And the Joe Gibbs Racing Center that we went to, the where they literally build these cars from nothing but just uncut metal. It just blew me away at the technology and the, and the amount of precision, literal precision. That these cars go through, um, especially for the um, inspection time, they put the little crane arm on top of it and like measure the body and stuff. It's just, you know, yeah. a hair's breadth of a, a millimeter off, and you're out of the race. Yeah, and actually, I like to compare NASCAR to 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 golf a bit. Like, golf is so boring to watch on the television, but if you've ever gone to played golf, it's actually kind of fun. You know, it's a beer cart, you know. <laughs> right, it's not for everyone, and you don't have to be good to play it. But it's like. Playing golf is more fun than sitting on your couch and watching people play golf. NASCAR is the same way. Like, I hate to watch NASCAR on TV. I love to go to races. There's so much theater and so much noise and so much excitement, and it's it's cool to go and see and be a part of. Yeah, I mean, the fanfare of this is crazy. They had a live concert right before it, uh, it started. I can't remember who the country artist was, but he's, he's one of those big bro country, country artists, you know. Type Broke people, country. and they had fireworks and and big, you know, explosions and and uh, Darius Rudker sang the uh, national anthem. Maybe it was a big event, you know. It wasn't just about cars. Well, then you shouldn't have gone. Yeah, you had fun. <laughs> You're not supposed to have fun. You're I should have stayed home and sat on my couch and not had fun, right? MacNabbit. <laughs> That's my name. Oh. All right. Oh, we're already Let's at an hour. We're we're terrible at this. Let's move on. Let's move on. Questions, Questions. and answers. Well, so 
Anyways, if you guys want a good reason to follow our Twitter accounts, the three of us besides the Top Speed accounts, is because stuff like this. Mark posted a bunch of photos. Um, we made sure to retweet a lot of those through the Top Speed pod- podcast Twitter account. Um, you know, when we get new cars, we send photos out. So if you want to keep up what's going on and some of the cool stuff we get to do, it's a great way to do it. Yeah, and I'll, I'll go ahead and use this time to pimp my uh, um, Instagram account, too. I don't really do Twitter that much, but most of my stuff comes from Instagram, so at Mark now on Instagram. You can set up your Instagram to where every time you post an Instagram photo, it'll automatically jump over to Twitter. I, I do that, and that's everything that posts to Twitter is from Instagram. Yeah, I've noticed. All right, moving on to questions. Because <laughs> I'm Questions <laughs> and answers. Um, we're going to – I've got them in a certain order here, but I'm going to change up the order slightly. So uh, first one, we're going to do a question from Mr. Grumpy Dude, because I don't believe we've answered any of his questions yet. Um, he wants to know – what are the top three tracks we like to listen to when we drive? P.S. I love the show. Well, thank you, Mr. Grumpy Dude. Um, to save time and energy, we're, I think we should all pick one song, and that'll be our top three. Does, does that sound good? Sounds good to me. I have a short answer. Okay, Mark. Well, you can go first with your short answer. All right. Number one, roll the windows down and listen to that V8. Ugh. Yeah. Number two, um, really it depends on whatever car I'm driving. If I'm driving like an Audi, I want to listen to something like um, – kind of smooth or whatever, but if I'm in a muscle car, you know, like turn on some Motown. So I guess it really depends on the flair or the attitude of the car. So. Okay, so I guess we're going to do three anyways. <laughs> Just Mine was under 15 seconds, so yeah, no, that's answer fine. your question. Well, because um, well, I drive a convertible, typically there's no music because I have the top down. It's just the whole way anyways. So. But if I have to pick songs... Um, I got some weird ones. Most people probably don't know. I'm going to sound kind of creepy with them, but uh, Porn Star Dancing. Yes, it's actually a song. It's a rock yeah, song. Yeah, no, I, I know that song. It's a terrible <laughs> I song. Loved it. I love that song. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Given Up. Uh, I can't remember the name of the band. Ah, but I know the song. I can't remember the name of the band off by heart. I had it written down. I lost a sheet of paper. And Anything from Aerosmith. Okay, yeah, that's pretty good. So yeah. Justin's <laughs> old. <laughs> I think we are all, all very old souls here. You know, we yeah. we, we, like, we like that older stuff. Yeah, okay, so disclaimer, I've seen Aerosmith in concert twice. <laughs> Suck! And you're, I've you're seen telling Aerosmith me in concert twice. I've seen Motley Crue. I've seen... Um, you're taking too much time. Shut up about your yeah. awesome life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, so my songs, um, it, it does kind of depend on, on what I'm doing. If um, it's like a lazy Sunday cruise and I'm not trying to go fast, I'm just enjoying time being in the car. I love cleaner, sort of simple stuff, Beach Boys, Jack Johnson, things like that. Um, late at night, I like to listen to a lot of like techno stuff. If it's like late at night and I'm really trying to like hammer home to get somewhere. Like I love like hard thumping, constant dump but dump but dump but that you get with like techno stuff. A little, little dubstep. Sometimes. Uh, drop the bass. <laughs> um, but my favorite driving song is probably Metallica's version of Whiskey in the Jar. Ah, good pick. But it's a terrible song. Literally every single time I have been pulled over for speeding in my entire life, that song has been on. Every <laughs> single time. Yeah, then maybe that is not a good song for you. Yeah. It's such a good <laughs> song, though. That's, that's, that's an expensive song for you, apparently. It, well, I've only ever been given, uh, in the 11 years I've been driving, I've only ever gotten three actual tickets. No, that's, that's good. I've been pulled over a lot. I've only ever gotten three tickets. I think yeah. I have two 
No, sir, I'll, I'll let you set my GTR if you just let me off with a warning. Yeah. yeah. Um, the first one I got, I had just got my license and I just started delivering pizza, and uh, I was driving like an absolute dick. Uh, second time was six years ago, and I was just going a little fast. It was where the speed limit had changed, and I just didn't slow down. Um, and then I just got a ticket like three weekends ago. Ugh. Yeah, I was in Alabama on the way home from a scuba diving trip. All right, so we're going to do next question. Thomas Beretta, nice episode. That got me thinking, what older car would I take and use a carbon fiber monocoque and body panels on it to make it lighter? I think I would do this to a Golf Gen 2 VR6. Would love to see how it drives after being stiffer and lighter, and what old car would you guys pick up to give a bit of carbon fiber treatment? Now, I'm going to alter this question slightly because I don't care what car you are looking at. Once it has carbon fiber body panels and a carbon fiber monocoque, it's not that car anymore. It just isn't. It may look like it. It's not that car anymore. So um, let's just do, like, a lightweight treatment. So what would be a car you would love to take and just say you made most of the body out of carbon fiber so you cut down four or 500 pounds? Does that, that sound good? That sounds good. All sure. right. Uh, Justin, you want to go first? Yeah, well, I already ruined my surprise, so I yeah. made the mistake of answering it online, not thinking this is going to be an actual question for the podcast. So, boo me. But for those of you that did not read my silly comment, I would take a first-gen Nissan Sentra SER um, and do that too. Uh, number one, it was one of the best engines built in that era. It's about 145 horsepower. It's built back in the years when you didn't really see that too often, with the exception of like the Civic SI. And I don't even think that in the early 90s was up in the 140s. But 140 horsepower, decent suspension system, but its problem was it was very top-heavy and very body-heavy, period. So it's kind of a pig in the corners. So I think the lightweight treatment would just make that thing handle so much better, and it would make it accelerate a lot better than it already did. So I, th I, I think that's a great choice. Um, now, this isn't my pick, but if I was looking at, at the center because I thought about that, I'd almost go with the second-gen SER because uh, the second-gen SER, they actually tuned at the Nürburgring, and that was before that became a really common thing. So having this front-wheel drive car with the suspension that was tuned at the Nürburgring was a huge deal, and I it's think it might have held a front-wheel drive record for time there for just a little while. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the engine wasn't quite as good as the first gen, but it had a better suspension setup, so it's kind you of know, it's, it's a weird thing with the, with the two generations. The second generation Accenture SCR was more powerful, but it wasn't, the engine wasn't tuned right, but it was reversed when it comes to handling. It was so weird. Yeah. Hmm. But, um, right, Christian, my Christian, what's your answer? I would love yeah. to do would be the last gen Impreza. And I actually thought about this because we almost bought a, a last gen Impreza hatch. I wanted to know if I took and gave it the thin glass from like the Impreza Type C and replaced as many of the body panels as I could with carbon fiber, how much faster or would it be as fast as an actual WRX? Because I am a bigger fan of naturally aspirated engines than I am of forced induction engines, and I thought how cool would it be to have this naturally aspirated Impreza that would outrun a Rex? And if I could shave four or 500 pounds off of it, that horsepower difference might not be such a big deal anymore between the turbocharged 2.5 and the base 2.5. So that would be something I'd, I'd like to do. Replace most of the body panels and with carbon fiber, maybe do some thinner, some thinner glass. I was going to strip it out and just see if I could, just with weight reduction, not power increasing, just with weight reduction, could I make a standard Impreza as fast as WRX? Hmm. Yeah, that's a good yeah, idea. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that, that. 
a long time, yeah. a couple years yeah. ago. Yeah, well... You're both wrong. Oh! Whoa. <laughs> you are not allowed to say that. You've been fired twice this podcast. <laughs> you were wrong because the best car to ever do this with would be a Shelby Cobra 427. Just make the oh, whole the thing. Worst car. Make, you could ever make do. the whole thing. No, no, it's awesome. It would weigh like 900 pounds. Right. Say that <laughs> car already only weighed like 906 pounds. <laughs> so it wasn't heavy to begin with, and it still killed a lot of people to begin with. <laughs> Put a four-wheel cage in it out of titanium, and uh, yeah, I mean, that's how cool would that be. Side pipes, opening you know exhaust. I, I I actually am gonna say you're wrong with this one. No, I well, well, because as cool as that would be, here's where I see your big issue coming in. Um, that car has almost no traction to begin with because there's no weight on the wheels. If you it take even like more weight off the wheels, tires. even with 400 series tires, you're gonna be <laughs> like, you're gonna be in fifth gear with your speedometer is gonna say about 193. And you're going to be going about six miles an hour forward in a huge <laughs> plume of smoke. But how awesome would that be? Though? What is wrong with that? What is wrong with Actually, what that? you need is a fat person to just sit on the back of it. Yeah, yeah, I'll put a rumble seat in it. And then you'll take off, and the weight will get your back tires traction. And then after you're moving, you'll move away so fast they'll fall out. So your weight losses come back. And then you can go really fast. So it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a fat person launch control. <laughs> <laughs> you have to you have to sacrifice the fat guy. <laughs> That's launch control. It requires a sacrifice of an old woman, <laughs> but it works great. Or ladies, we can't discriminate. <laughs> no, I don't want to cause any harm to any women in the world. So uh, I'm just gonna kill fat guys. Uh, <laughs> That's hilarious. All right, uh, we got one more question. This is from our wonderful friend, Mr. Carl Knox, again. Uh, if money were no problem, how do you guys imagine the perfect car enthusiast vacation? He mm. says he'd like to take a Zonda and just drive around Europe's mountains and stop at as many circuits and do track days as he could. That's a legitimate answer, I think. That's, that's good. That's, that's all right. I think that is a legitimate answer. It's, it's sort of what my dream idea would be, but slightly different. Um, I would have an entire collection of supercars, um, and I would go, basically I would follow the F1 race across Europe and Asia. So like, you would drive, because you've got a week, sometimes two weeks between these races, so, you know, you go visit one F1 race, get there a couple days early, drive around the track, be there for the three days of F1 extravaganza, and then you swap cars, and take a new car, to where the next F1 race is going to be. Drive around the track, experience the roads to get there. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in, you know, like around China. Then you get to drive through all of the Himalayas and the Alps and everything to get over to Europe. And then you get to do all of the crazy cool European roads. You can do the whole cool thing where you park your car on the channel terrain and you ride the tunnel across. Like, you could do all of that. And every time you stop at a new racetrack, you get a new car. So you can start in a 458 and then go to a McLaren P1 and then you can move over for like some really long sections, get a GT car like a Ferrari F12 and do these big long GT runs and stuff. And if I had all the time and money in the world, that would be something I'd love to do. I would love to follow the F1 calendar around Asia and Europe. Nice. I, that's, that's an even better answer. I, I, it's hard to top that one. Justin, what about you? I, I spend a lot of time thinking about what to do with money I don't have. <laughs> 
You just love doing that, huh? I would go straight to Porsche and say, I'm going to give you $10 billion to give me a day in your brand new Cayman GT4 that is not out yet. And then I'm going to take that over to Romania and drive it on the Transfigara Sun, if I'm saying that correctly. I can't. The Transfiguration Highway. Yes. That thing. Because that road is simply amazing and deadly and just outright awesome. Um, so I'd just love to take the GT4 and flog the hell of it around that, if the GT4 actually ever really comes out. But before it ever comes out, I pay them $10 billion just to get that car and drive that highway. I don't Great. even know if it'd have to be $10 billion. You could probably get away with $10 million. I'd yeah. say $10 billion just to make it, you know, no issue. Yeah. Here's throwing money, th- yeah, th- throwing money at it would never hurt the problem. Yeah, exactly. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got you want so much more? Here, take more. <laughs> All right. Okay. Wow. Well, so that covers our questions. Uh, we're going to move on to the final piece of our show: own, drive, burn. If you're unfamiliar, own, drive, burn is a small little segment we do where we are given three cars, and we must choose one that we have to own for the rest of our lives. We get to choose one car we get to only drive once, and that's it, and then one car that we have to burn into the ground and never get a chance to touch. So um, this one, we have another one from Mr. Thomas Beretta. We just answered his question. He was the carbon fiber guy. Um, this is from a couple shows ago. He says, happy 10th show. Thank you. Um, he says... Our three cars for own drive burn are a trio of McLarens. So we did a trio of Corvettes before and a trio of Ferraris before. Now we've got McLarens. Um, we have the F1, the P1, and the new 650S Spider. So um, I'm going to go first. And I think I'm going to have to burn the 650S Spider. And I would own a P1 because, hell yes, P1, which is just a better version of the 650S Spider, and um, I would drive the McLaren F1 once. I had a hard time deciding which one I wanted to keep and which one I wanted to drive once between the F1 and the P1, um, but I think that the F1 is its one of my favorite cars in the world, and I don't ever want to become bored of it or tired of it or complacent with it. Never it's very years. unique. It's super lightweight. It has a really cool, unique engine. It's got that three-seating setup, and I want it to be... Like, in my head, if I ever get a chance to drive it, it's going to be this huge, grand occasion, and I want that huge, grand occasion, and then I want to just let that be that perfect, pristine memory in my head, and then I'll live out the rest of my days with the bonkers, hybrid, ultra-fast P1. I agree with that one. You know, that's that's about the best way to do it. <clears throat> you know, because the, the F1 is, you know, it's, it's an older car, you know, nowadays, but it's still this legendary performer. So you drive it once, flog it on a track. The P1, that makes it the perfect everyday car. You know, it's it's the better it's the better of the trio. The 650S Spider, it's cool at all, but I'm not much for convertibles, so. Yeah, I'm going to make this a three for three. I'm going the same exact way. I'm going to <clears throat> drive the F1 once just because it's a, it's a sickening car that I just have to drive one time. But I don't want to have to deal with the maintaining it and it falling apart and gas because gas, gas is like eight bucks a gallon. You won't be able to drive it anymore. Um, I go with the P1 because it's just almost as badass as the F1, but it's going to get much better gas mileage. It's going to last a little bit longer, and it's just a cool-looking car. 
Um, and the 650S, it didn't really thrill me all that much whenever it came out. Um, yeah, it's a cool car and all, but it, it wasn't like, oh my god, wow, that's awesome. It's like, yeah, it's just kind of warmed over. It's okay. But I'd burn that one right to the ground, no problem at all. Now, if you're going to give it to me, I'll take it, but I'll burn it. Yeah, see, I had I had a, a, a little bit of problem. When I was first thinking about this, when I was building up the uh, outline for the podcast, I thought, you know, maybe having the slightly slower, open-top motoring experience that I could enjoy all the time would be preferable to the bonkers outright speed of the P1. But in the end, I went, like, 217 miles an hour! <laughs> You know the accelerator is it, it does vary in the degree that you push the gas, so you don't have to go 270. No, but I can, and I can't <laughs> in the 650s. So I thought probably a better all-round. Let's 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 be honest. The 650s is probably the better all-round car. It's probably mm -hmm. more comfortable. It's probably a little bit quieter, and you do have that ability to drop the roof away, and you have this big, beautiful, infinite headroom experience. But but. Have you guys seen the F1 video of the P1 spitting fire and going a thousand miles an hour? Like, yes. Yeah. Anyone that saw that video immediately would change their mind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So it's like I know the P1's fast, but like the 650s is also really fast, and it's a convertible. Holy crap! It spits fire. I want that one. <laughs> <laughs> because let's be honest, we're all six in. in That's right. It, yeah, it looks like a Batmobile. So why not? <laughs> all right, ladies and gentlemen. Again, we're terrible, and we're sorry for wasting all your time. We went over again. Um, one of these days, we're gonna have an actual like hour-long show. I promise. Probably, sort of. Um, anyways, thank you again. This has been the TopSpeed.com podcast. Um, if you like listening to us and you want to follow us on, you know, the social medias, you can find me on the Twitter or the Instagram, or the whatever you want to, basically any sort of social media platform, I'm all the same thing. It's at Moford, M-O-E-F-E-R-D. Justin Coupler is at The Car Junkie. Mark McNabb is at Mark McNabb. And again, you can follow the podcast at Top Speed Podcast, or you can just follow us at Top Speed. Uh, don't forget, if you want to send us an email, please give us all questions, comments, concerns, whatever email is, podcast at topspeed.com, or you can just drop your stuff down in the comments. We're still looking for more own drive burns. We're still looking for more questions to answer. And uh, we just want to say thank you, everyone. We love you for hanging out with us. You make us feel good. Yep. You make me all happy inside. And again, because it makes us look good, I'm going to pimp it again. Don't forget about the iTunes. Go leave us a little rating. You know, write us a little review. Hit the little subscribe button. We like it a lot. Yep. Everyone have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. Have a safe Friday and a great weekend. And we'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.